Welcome to The Forbes Factor, featuring celebrity TV host, million-dollar entrepreneur, and renowned health and fitness superstar, Forbes Riley. A familiar face from TV, as well as one of today's most sought-after female motivational speakers today. You'll connect with some of the top experts in health and fitness, business and personal development, as well as some surprise celebrities, all sharing their insight, tips and tricks to finding true happiness. Now, here's your host, Forbes Riley. Hey everybody, it's Forbes Riley, and I want to welcome you to a very special edition of the Forbes Factor. Yeah, we're on the Variety Channel now on Voice America, and I talked to the staff and my whole team, and they said, you know what, Forbes, rather than have a guest today, you should just reintroduce who you are and what you're up to. I mean, I looked at our numbers last week, and there's a whole lot more of you watching, and I just could not be happier. I've been on the Voice America Network now for, yeah, could be a decade, right? And always bringing you quality programs, great guests, celebrities, and today it's just going to be me. And when I said, well, should I just interview me? So I could, hi, Forbes, how are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you doing? And when I said that to one of my producers, she's like, Forbes, if someone just asks you a question, you just go anyway. And so what's the big deal? So there you are. I'm going to interview myself and, and just inform you guys about who I am, what I'm up to, and why not only should you watch this podcast, but you should reach out to your family, your friends, certainly your mom. There is a, a real gap in women leaders, women entrepreneurs who are wildly successful. Now, if for those of you watching on video, you can see this. I've got oodles and oodles of money here, hundreds of dollars of bills. Uh, it says, in props, we trust. Darn, I can't spend this. But I'm in a dear friend of mine's studio, Chris Crone here in Arizona. Uh, now Arizona, wow, that was last week. I'm in Utah. Where is Forbes Riley? That is a game that we like to play. Where is Forbes Riley? I go live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m., 11 a.m. Pacific. And usually, and look, Chris has got a globe over here. This is hysterical. I'm in his guest studio, and I have been able to, hey, guys, they asked if we could turn the mic down just a little bit. I'm coming in hot. And usually that's like an emotional thing for me. Um, I'm always hot. But if you're watching this, uh, you're on Facebook. That's very cool. I love projecting this out to all my Facebook friends and fans. And if you're live, if you're listening to it as a podcast, let's get down to brass tacks. One of my missions is how do you become successful? What does it have to do with your self-talk, how you wake up every day, what you do when you start your day, how you progress through it, the kind of relationships you have, and what is it you said you wanted to do? Now, I've taken my whole mission, and I have now been teaching since COVID started online almost every day. I teach pitching, the art of the perfect pitch. And I'll get into that in just a second. But 40 to 60 hours a week, I've been sitting at this Zoom desk doing my thing. And I will tell you, I've now encountered over 18,000 students. Yeah, that's a lot of people. I've gotten deep in the weeds with a lot of people all ages, from my daughter's age at 20, all the way up to, we've got a woman 78 in our trainings. And you might go, wow, well, why? Well, I'll tell you what, because at every day, every moment of your life, you're either getting better or getting worse. There is no standstill. There's no status quo as a human being. You notice that my husband is a bodybuilder. You really notice that when you're training. You are either moving forward, but the second you stopped, it, it dissipates. It, it, your muscles go away so quickly, and you really can see it in him. But can you see it in you? So let's talk about some of my philosophies, shall we? You know, I grew up on Long Island, New York. I grew up talking like this. A tough talk driver, you know, <laughs> that's just how we talked back then. And I had a very sweet upbringing. I had two beautiful parents, and I think that that is, in fact, one of the greatest gifts any child can have two people who love them. You can certainly be raised by one who loves you. There are a lot of success stories of single moms, single dads, but there seems to be a yin and a yang when there's two human beings raising you, like good cop, bad cop. And I was blessed with a good cop, good cop. My mom and dad loved me very much and my younger sister, but I had no other family. And I don't think I realized how Unusual that might have been. My mom was an only child. My dad had one brother we never talked to. And all my grandparents were gone before, by the time I got here. So it was a very insular. It was the four of us against the world. And we used to talk about that. Uh, my parents were also loners. My dad didn't have a whole lot of friends. He was an inventor and a mechanic and a magician. Yeah, I had a couple of magician friends. You want to be really weird to your friends? Start doing magic tricks when you're in high school. And then my mom just liked to hang out in the house. She was overweight. She was about 260 pounds my whole life. Loved to cook. Loved to have us eat. That was her expression of love. Her love language is, here, have another donut. I love you. Which it made a whole lot of issues for me that I don't think we realized 
And I'm going to share and unpack some of that with you guys, because as a woman in the media, on television, on Broadway, on soap operas, in movies, I had a weight issue and a rejection issue that certainly shaped a lot of my life. Now, if you're listening to this, I suggest you grab a pen. Every once in a while, I say something wildly profound, like, life happens for you, not to you. Now, I didn't know that going through it, and I don't think most people do. But as I'm talking to a lot of people who might want to end their lives, this realization has been a very helpful thing because bad things happen to good people all the time. And it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make life bad. It's just life. Life, if you want to be on the roller coaster of life and you want some high highs, you've got to expect some low lows. And it is definitely a roller coaster. And I've had some beautiful high highs and then I paid for it dearly with some low lows. And I think the question about when you look at someone's life from the end backwards, you're like, well, how did they handle that? See, if you only handle things that are good, the good times you're great and the bad times you fall apart, you're not playing the game of life very well. So this sentence that life happens for you, not to you, has really helped me put a lot of what happened to me in a perspective to allow me to propel forward to have an impact on you. And that's what I've determined is my purpose here. And so it makes all the really bad things just not seem quite so bad. So I go back to my early childhood. And when I was a kid, I had a very awkward palate. Some people were born with a cleft palate. I had something deformed in my mouth. And they really identified that when I was eight years old. And they put me in a full set of braces, but not just braces. They put me in a, a tongue thruster. And so for three years, I had a touch like this. And nobody wanted to be my friend because they couldn't understand me. Yeah, that was a little frightening. And when I was eight, I got hit in the face with a baseball bat. And my nose grew kind of weirdly crooked off the side of my face. And so now I've got a crooked nose, frizzy hair. I'm overweight. And I talk like this. Yeah, great. Yeah, you're not so popular. And in fact... People say to me now, well, Forbes, how did you know that you were ugly? I said, well, because when Marsha Brady, when I grew up, the Brady Bunch was very popular. There she was with her straight blonde hair and her cute little nose. And when she got hit in the face with a football by accident, she didn't go to the prom. So by definition, if you've got an ugly nose and silver in your mouth and frizzy hair, you're not pretty. So what I did was I spent a lot of time alone. I watched an inordinate amount of movies and television. I can do trivia with you. Oh my gosh, I always win. And what it did for me was it ignited something in my soul that you could dream. You could see a place that you've never been, but you could go to, like Paris or Rome or how crazy, back to the, the dinosaurs. I mean, oh, that's fascinating, but nowadays you can go sit in the Jurassic Park movie and watch dinosaurs as though they're real. You can go to outer space, ask Elon Musk. You can do a lot of things if you dream it's possible. And I watched a lot of stories. And I became a, an adventurer, a, a collector of stories. But they were mythical. They weren't mine. And I remember saying to my mom many years later that I have this vision. I want to go to Europe before I get so famous I won't be able to avoid the paparazzi. But I want to see all these places because I want to write the most amazing story of my life and sit around when I'm 83 years old and tell all the kids about all the adventures that had happened to me. Only when I said that to her, I had not created any adventures. So there I am, I'm in high school, and things are kind of awkward and weird and whatever. And then my dad, this beautiful man, mechanic who built printing presses for a living, slipped one day, and he cut the whole front of his hand off. And he would end up in the hospital for three years, my entire high school, he had 15 operations. Some of them he stayed in the hospital for months at a time. And so now I'm this ugly, awkward little kid spending all of her time not going to any sports activities. I didn't even know we had a football and a baseball team. I know that's kind of crazy, right? But I was in the hospital. And again, life happens for you, right? So one of the things about my dad's room, they kind of parked him in a corner room, was his room overlooked the only mansion in my hometown. And it had a circular driveway. It was big red brick with two giant chimneys. And I would just stand there, and I remember looking at it, thinking, what's life like in that house? How cool is it that Santa Claus really does come down a chimney? And my parents had to explain how he came through the stove in our house or just knocked on the back door, because we didn't have anything like that. We had a very tiny little one-bedroom, one-bathroom house with a couple of very small bedrooms. I, again, I loved it. I didn't complain. But when I saw this house, and remember, you couldn't see it from the street because it had all these trees around it, but I could see it overhead. I thought, oh, wow, do you think for Halloween they got like full candy bars? You know this is a kid dreaming here, right? 
I became a little obsessed with what must life be like for other people that I'm not experiencing? How do I get to know the other side of this coin? Well, one day, my mom comes to me in the hospital and she says, kiddo, you're top of your class, but I've got some really bad news. We have no money for college and you have no scholarships. I'm really sorry. But there's this beauty pageant coming through town. Some lucky girl is going to be on TV with N on NBC with Bob Hope. And we looked at each other and thought, yeah, not going to be you. I remember this moment because I knew I wasn't pretty. But when my mom said it to me that way, my heart shattered. And I'm getting emotional as I'm thinking about this. And this is like five decades ago. And my dad's doctor, like this is a massive turning point in my life. You don't even realize it, right? Until many years later, my dad's doctor said, I'm going to fix your daughter's nose. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah, you, you don't breathe well. It, it's, it's broken. It needs to be fixed. And I'll do it for free because you guys have been through, through so much. I said, okay, right? And he does. And I wake up a couple of days later and I look in the mirror. And I have this photo. You guys can see this on my website. All of a sudden, the girl with the upside down frown and the little scowl on her face was smiling. I had big eyes and my teeth looked better and my nose was really cute. And I looked in the mirror and I thought, I don't really know who you are, but I think you're really cute. Want to be in a beauty pageant? <laughs> I mean, I'm 15 years old talking to myself in the mirror. I still do this, by the way. I'm my biggest cheerleader. And I said, let's go for it because we have nothing to lose. And I will share with you that at that moment, for all of you, when you feel like you've got nothing to lose, go forward. Don't give in. Because I think that that is the, one of the defining moments in your life. And it's difficult and it's confusing. Go anyway. Success lives on the other side of fear. See, today I coach a lot of people who are stuck. And they'll say to me, Forbes, I have a fear of failure. Really? Failure is amazing. Embrace it and learn the lesson and move on. I have a fear of success. <laughs> really? If you're afraid of it, it's going to avoid you. Well, I have a fear of judgment. <laughs> Who cares at the end of the day? Really? Think about that for a second. And I do that exercise with so many people who are like, maybe I don't need to be afraid. I'm like, no, feel the butterflies and go anyway. So success lives where, guys? Right, on that other side of fear. And so I, again, we have no money, so I have to have a hand-me-down bridesmaid's dress. It was this light blue thing with a big rhinestone buckle, but I felt like a princess in the dress. And I got on stage, and by the way, it was three weeks of auditioning. Like I, I tap danced, I had to do interviews. But the thing about me was when I walked into this, the first competition, there were 500 girls there. And I remember grabbing my dad's hand, his good hand, his bad hand, had a big bandage on it. And I said, you know, one of these girls is going to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma and be on NBC with Bob Hope. And it's going to be me. Now, the crazy thing about that statement is the story is only good to tell you because I won. Against all odds. There were girls that were a lot prettier and they had the straight blonde hair. But nobody seemed to have the passion the desire and the commitment. I was there not for me. I was, I was winning for my family. I needed to prove to the world that the Forbes ride, they, we, that they, they were important to somebody. And I won. Oh my gosh. Next thing you know, we go off to a week in Oklahoma. Oh my God, television. I get to meet Bob Hope. And I'm not going to go into this in too much detail, but I'm going to share with you that that week was one of the worst weeks of my entire life. I got there and I was the least prepared girl ever on a stage. No one taught me how to walk or dress or really talk. I'm talking like this. One of the girls like, you know, y'all have the funniest accent I ever heard. Like, what the freak are you talking about? I'm an accent. This is how we talk in New York. What are you? I didn't even win Miss Congeniality. In fact, I left with my tail between my legs. I learned a lot. Um, and again, if life happens for you, one thing I learned, stop judging books by its cover. Diversity is king. And I will tell you what, it drove me when I went to college and I did get that scholarship. I won what I needed to win. And I got a lesson that I needed to learn. When I got to college in 1977 to 80, there was a, I wanted to be an actress so bad. I just, I, that's what I wanted. No one thought that was a reality. So I went to college to be a lawyer. But I did some acting classes and I noticed something very unusual at my school. It's 1978. There's a black acting group and a white acting group. Copa and ABDA. And I thought, I'm sorry, did I miss something? Because in my hometown, that was not an issue, but here it was apparently an issue. And the more I read about and learned about it and got college educated, I said, this can't be an issue that's moving forward. And if it's to be, it's up to me. 
No one gave a little 18-year-old permission to do any of this, but I decided to produce my own musical that was an urban New York set musical called The Me Nobody Knows. And the cast is completely diverse, black, white, Chinese, Puerto Rican, it was everything. I had to go, actually, I had to leave the school and go into town to help cast some of this. And it made the news everywhere. It was a big deal. I didn't, I didn't even realize when I was doing it, it would be such a big deal. The play was a hit. We had a great time. The two groups melded forever. They were joined forever. And about a year ago, and this is like 37 years ago, somebody from my school, the University of Rochester, calls me up and said, hey, can I take you out to lunch? I'm like, sure. She said, we found an article, and we'd like to honor you with an award. I'm like, nobody even knew I existed. And it was all about how this little 18-year-old saw through the diversity way back when and made this beautiful musical happen. And it hangs on my wall, and I'm incredibly proud of it, as I'm also proud of the fact that I just, 37 years later, got an honorary doctorate, and from the President of the United States, got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, I don't care who the president is, whether you like him or not, it's the office of the president of this United States. So the journey that I've been on, because of all those little seeds I planted, all the ups and downs, and by the way, that's not the downest that I've ever been. And I'm, I'm hesitant to share all that with you because I don't want to make the whole show about that. But I went off, I pursued my dream. I got cast, a lead in a play, up to, against everybody's like, oh my gosh, I got this. And one of the crazy stories that I tell is the guy who cast me a lead in my senior year. Remember, everybody focused on my outside, the size of my thighs, my physio. The guy who cast me my first bona fide lead in a giant play told me all the things that he thought about why I should be the lead. And then when I looked at Professor David Richmond, something crazy happened. You know what it was? He was 100% legally blind. Oh my God. The first guy to see me couldn't see what everyone else saw. He saw what was inside. And I'm going to share with you because maybe it just takes one mentor, one teacher, one advocate, one friend to believe in you. It doesn't matter what your dreams are. They're your dreams. And so many times what I hear, and I hear it everywhere. Oh, you can't do that. Who do you think you are? You didn't have a great education. You're not rich enough. You're not tall. La, 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 la. Put your hands on your ears and say no. Forbes Riley said I could do anything. And if you don't believe that, reach out to me. You can find me on social media. Go to ForbesRiley.com. I'm there. I'm weirdly accessible to people who need it. It's just how I'm wired. Again, life happened for me, not to me. You know, it's funny. I was standing in line. I remember the, you guys are probably young people. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but I used to be a huge fan of David Cassidy and the Partridge family. And I had their album. Remember, an album is a giant record. And I was a local, he was at a local bookstore. I went there to sign it. And I just got up to the velvet rope. I could see him. I'm just like drooling like this little teenager. And a woman comes up and said, I'm so sorry. David's done for the day. Thank you all for coming. And he left. And I remember this moment of standing there. I didn't leave. Like everyone else was gone and there by myself going, if I ever get a chance to make some girl happy by signing an autograph, I'm going to do it. Well, careful what you wish for, because many years later, I do a lot of speaking. In fact, today I'm in Utah uh, with a beautiful event, and I speak around the world. And I tend to stay outside after the event and sign autographs until I can no longer stand. Now, you can't get to everybody who wants to, but that little girl who didn't get her album signed gives a lot of hugs, talks to a lot of people, loves on people, because I think that's what the world needs. I don't think there's enough of that going around. So if I can do my little part, every chance I get, I do my little part. All right, so fast forward. Where's Forbes Riley right now? You know, a crazy thing happened. I think you might have heard of it. Five little letters, starts with a C, ends with B. Yeah, that would be COVID. Crazy time in this country and around the world where we did something that never seen in my lifetime, lockdown. Businesses stopped. People were running around scared. It was out of a really bad movie. Only for me, the movie was even worse. On January 2nd, 2020, my beautiful husband, who's a world-class bodybuilder, Mr. Olympia bodybuilder, is in a motorcycle accident, January 2nd. To this day, I don't enjoy the happy new year time. That night, everyone's going, happy new year, happy new year, right? It's going to be a better year. January, this is the month that my dad passed away. January is a month that I lost one of my best friends in a fire at the Malibu fires. And then Joshua's in a hospital. And he's going to spend six months in a wheelchair. That was the beginning of my COVID. But here's the thing, Forbes, if life happens for you, not to you, what are you going to do about it? Well, in the beginning, I didn't do much. 
I did get on Clubhouse. If you're not on Clubhouse, it's one of my favorite things to do. It is a voice-only app. You don't have to wear makeup. And just like this radio program, you can talk, connect to people. And it was truly a saving grace for me. But then something else happened. My two teenagers, I've got, now, now they're 20, but I had 17-year-old boy-girl twins. And they had to spend their senior year in my house doing, doing homework, taking tests, doing school. And I'm so glad that this happened. Because as my daughter and I talk about it, I don't think we would have had a relationship if we would not spent that time together. She was, uh, she, wanted, she wanted to surf and she wanted to travel the world. She'd been doing internet marketing. She already made money. She didn't really need mom. And mom was always traveling and doing my thing. But here we are all stuck in a house. Joshua's in a wheelchair. Kids are upstairs. And my daughter comes down one day. And this is the same girl, by the way. And I'm looking at this $100 bill. This is very interesting. This kid came to me when she was 15 years old and said, Mom, can I have $100? I'm like, what for? She said, I don't want to buy a Bitcoin. And I'm like, no, I don't know what a Bitcoin is. And no, I'm not giving you $100 for that. Okay. A couple of months later, she's like, Mom, can I have $500? I'm like, for what? She's like, a Bitcoin. I'm like, it, I'm not, now it's more expensive. I'm not going to give you $500 for a bit. What's a Bitcoin? When it hit $66,000 and she explained to me what the investment could have done for our family, I pretty much said no to a billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. That lesson, every, uh, every company needs a kid. Start listening to your daughter. And it's not the first time that I didn't listen to her. She knew that Ethereum was going to hit. She knew that Silly Bands was going to hit. She knew a lot of things. But it's very hard to think that kids know that, right? Okay. I also didn't really pay attention to the amount of times that she'd already made $10,000. She'd been selling photo lenses by a dropship. I didn't understand that. She did an Indiegogo. She got a boat to take uh, disadvantaged kids on boat rides. I didn't pay much attention to that. Wow, where was I, right? So now she's 17 years old. Picture this. Come down to my, my home office and, Mom, are you ready to listen to me? And she said, look, it's the first time that you're not working. You're not on TV. They're not filming. You're sitting here doing nothing. And I said, I know. I'm incredibly bored. I think I'm stuck on Facebook. She said, no, no, no. I have an idea. I have a dream for you that you can teach pitching. This thing, that, guys, I've pitched. I've done 195 infomercials. I've grossed over $2.5 billion with a B. I've spent 28 years on home shopping. I've taken over 1,500 products, given them life, legs, made millionaires all over the place, which is what I did, right? Okay. I said, I'm not teaching what I do. She said, why not? And I had this moment of embarrassment, which I never get embarrassed. I'm in my 60s. Hard to believe. I don't think I look it. But when I was in my 40s, I was in Los Angeles. I'm an actress, a TV host. I hosted The Laugh Factory. I'm the one who started the X Games with Stuart Scott on ESPN. I've got, I'm, having, I'm living life. But this whole pitching thing made me a crazy amount of money on home shopping and infomercials. And one day, I give my agent a $100,000 contract. I'm so excited. I'm like, dude, I got this one on my own. I met the clients. Here's the contract. Negotiate it for me and let's go. He calls me a couple of days later and he says, yeah, well, I've got good news and bad news. Okay, what's the good news? He said, the clients love you. I'm like, of course they do. I'm the best. He said, yeah. I said, what's the bad news? He said, well, they love you, but they want someone less expensive and a little younger. Mic drop. What? He said, and I found them. I found them a girl. I'm like, you did? Really? Huh. He said, no, but the good news is they want you to teach her how to pitch. And I said, wait, let me look outside the window for a second. There's no pigs flying. And I said two words that end in you. I don't think it was very nice what I said. He broke my heart. And I, I said, I'm never teaching what I know. I said, I'm going to keep, I got very selfish. And nobody said otherwise. And so I said, I'm just going to keep doing what I do and live my life. And I'm never, never teaching this. Because there were no other women doing what I was doing. I was literally the best. At, I didn't even realize that that was my entire, I was, that, I was the woman in that field. And so 20 years later, my daughter comes to me and said, Mom, you know, what you do is really valuable. You could help a lot of people. And I had to have a conversation with my 40-year-old self and say, you know what? You don't have any more competition. You don't need to keep it to yourself. And it is time that if you want to be remembered, it's not about you being famous or successful. It's about how many other people can you help. And it was a magical, amazing moment. Because not only did I have that conversation, come to that realization, but I looked at my daughter and like, but you know I'm not very good on the internet. I, I've, I've spent a lot of money that I've wasted 
working on trying to build websites and trying to build backends and email listeners. It hasn't worked. I've wasted tons of money. She said, I got you, mom. I'm like, really? We sat in a room for three weeks and we, 18 hours a day, we created what I would teach for pitching, how we would structure the backend, how we would do a webinar, and we launched on a Wednesday night. Now, I didn't have a big expectation. And so I went to my, fun, we had a funnel building program and I, I'd only made, I'd owned it for years. Like I used to make little tiny eBooks and make, you know, $15, $100 here, <laughs> nothing to brag about, right? I just couldn't really figure it out. So I did my first one. I had 25 people on the line on a Wednesday night. I did my little two hour training. I woke up the next morning and there on the computer was 25K. And I looked at my daughter and I said, what does the K stand for? She's like, mom, you made $25,000 last night. I'm sorry, what? She said, everybody in the, on the Zoom call bought your program, every single one of them. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I, I wish you guys could see the expression on my face because I hadn't really didn't, never did that before. And then there's a thing called rinse and repeat. I did it every week with only 25 people different in a room each week. The end of a month, my 17-year-old daughter and her almost 60-year-old mom made $102,000 selling my pitch training. Oh my goodness. To date, guys, we've got 18,000 students. I've sat in that chair teaching my pitch training live, most of it. I didn't have any of it recorded for 40 to 60 hours a week. We were doing COVID. There was nowhere to go anyway. And I'll tell you what happened for me is I found my daughter, my son, my husband got better. He woke up in June and said, take a picture of me. Now, if you've got Instagram, go here. Go to Joshua Self, S-E-L-F dot E-S-I. Joshua Self dot E-S-I. Because someone hacked his other account. And scroll down about four lines. And you'll see a man who's very skinny with a crutch. I took that photo. It's June 2020. He looked terrible. He's never been that skinny in his life. And he said, when the gyms open up, I'm going back. I want my Mr. Olympia title. And I'm like, Joshua, you're 44 years old, dude. And then he just like put his fingers up to my lip and said, shh. I'm like, okay. And for the next year, I watched him get up every morning in a great deal of pain. He will always be in pain. His ankle was shattered. It's apparently with nerve damage. It's never going to heal right. And he hobbled to the gym, spent his two hours there, ate insanely clean. I love when people say, what does he eat? What do you expect he ate? A lot of, at first he, was a, he used to be a vegetarian, but a lot of chicken, beef, salad, and Brussels sprouts. What? He didn't have, no, that's what he ate. And when you see the after photos, he did it. He built himself way back beyond what he'd ever been. He was the most determined human I've ever met next to Jack LaLanne. And if you don't know who Jack LaLanne is, this is part of my amazing journey of my life. Jack LaLanne is the guy who invented the health club that you're in, that you go to, that's on every corner in every hotel. In 1938, I think he built the very first health club. He had a TV series devoted to fitness for 37 years. He swam at age 70, get this, across the Alcatraz River, like a mile and a half in freezing cold water. Alcatraz is a prison. They don't want you to swim to shore. He swam handcuffed, shackled, pulling with his teeth, 70 people in 70 boats. What? And I'm, odds are you've never seen any of this, but you will. You know why? Because Mark Wahlberg just signed on to do the to play Jack Lane in the story of his life. Oh my goodness! Mark Wahlberg is going to put Jack Lane back on the map. Jack passed away sadly about ten years ago. His widow, Miss Elaine Lane, is still alive and kicking. Oh my goodness! My rock star superhero is ninety-seven years old. She just came to my birthday party. She still drives and writes books. We've got two books out together. And she's one of the best heroes of all time. And she's, she gives out the uh, Jacqueline Fitness Lifetime Achievement Award every year. This year went to Billy Blanks from Taibo. Last year went to Jane Fonda. It doesn't matter. It just goes on and on. I'm part of that amazing legacy because we did the power juicer together that sold a billion dollars worth of juicers. I know, right? So there's Joshua. And, and by the way, Jack, I spent eight years with this man. He's why my daughter doesn't drink anything but water. I've got, a, I've got a teenager who refuses to drink soda or juice because Jack said things like, if man made it, don't eat it. If it tastes good, spit it out. Oh, I can't wait till Mark 
just brings back to life some of these things that this superhuman man named Jack LaLanne lived. He was the fittest man on the planet. In fact, Arnold Schwarzenegger was his protege. I know, I can't wait for you guys to learn the story that I've been living with my whole life. Um, and when he passed away, sadly, Arnold came and was one of the first speakers and did the most beautiful tribute. I didn't know that they were that close. But Arnold credited his success to a little guy who was like five foot six named Jack LaLanne, right? What a crazy, wonderful, small world. So Joshua, again, I've got life lessons all over the place for you. And I can't wait to keep sharing them. So Joshua gets on stage, Mr. Olympia, and, we're, and he looks so good. I mean, Joshua is six foot two. He's in there at like 215, solid muscle, 3% body fat. It's real exciting, right? And he limps. He has to be barefoot. I'm in the audience and it's like you can hear like the air go out of the room. It's like, <gasps> he doesn't meddle at all. He limped and the judges scored him out of the competition. He gets off stage. I walk up to him and I'm in shock because it's been a year of our life. He looks so good and it was so sad. And he says with tears in his eyes, I'm done. I'm done. Let's go home. I, you know, a lot of you have dreams. You set out to do them, and they crash and burn. And you don't want to tell anybody, oh, I, you know, I had this thing that it just didn't. No, you know what? Embrace your failure and make it a life lesson. So Joshua wakes up the next day or two, and he says to me, you know, we call it the Tom Brady moment. I'm not done. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I didn't get what I wanted. I'm going back to the gym. Oh, my gosh. If you've ever lived with anybody who's in a bodybuilding competition, you have no idea what it's like. I mean, literally, 3% body fat is almost inhuman. And to, to get to that level and to work that hard and to pump that kind of iron, it's like, oh my gosh. And it can be six, eight months, 10 months, they never have any sweets or fun food and going out to dinner is such a joy, not. So I'm gonna do it again. And he does another eight months of all of this and he goes to a Dexter Jackson, a smaller competition, and he wins two medals. Oh my gosh, so proud of him. And he looks at me and he said, I'm just not done. I'm like, oh, you gotta be kidding me, really? When are you ever gonna be done? He said, no, Mr. Olympia, so I'm going. And sure enough, four months later, if you look at that very first picture you see on Instagram, joshuaself.esi, is the two medals that he won. He didn't come in first place, but he came in second and fourth in two categories. And then he said, I'm gonna retire. And I'm so proud of the man that I love of the man who believes in me every day because if he expects that of him, what does he expect of me? He doesn't like to talk a lot. He's not on camera. He doesn't do what I do. But through me to you is a sense of going for your dream, especially when no one else thinks it's important. No one else thinks you can do it. In fact, in my world, you know what we call it? We call it Forbesing it. What have you Forbes lately? Forbesing it means, what have you manifested, created in your life, especially when no one else thought you could? I wrote a whole book on it called, What Have You Forbesed Lately? To highlight success stories. Because a lot of us came out of the ashes. You go back to my high school, no one thought, no one even knew I was there. You know who else went to my high school, which is kind of funny? Bob Iger, who is the current CEO of Disney. Kind of excited. There's only like two or three people you know from my high school. I'm one of them. He's the other one. Hoo-hoo, right? Crazy, crazy, crazy. So now what I'm up to and what I'm doing for you guys is I teach this thing about pitching. And before I leave, I don't have a whole lot more time left. And I want to thank you so much for joining me. And please share this. This is the relaunch of my, and it's not only a radio show. It also lives as a podcast. So we live, if you go to ForbesRileyPodcast.com, you'll see us on the Voice America platform. Love this platform. They put out some phenomenal, phenomenal podcasts and radio shows. And then this show gets to live on iTunes, Sketcher, Pandora, you name the platform. They put it out on all of those. And I'm very grateful for them doing that. We've built a very amazing community, which, by the way, if you like Facebook, and I do, I have a group, a private group called Forbes Riley's Inner Circle. The only way to get in there is you're either a student of mine or you answer some questions and you pre-qualify. We have supportive entrepreneurs on a mission. So if you go to Facebook and you type in Forbes Riley's Inner Circle and say, I heard you on your podcast, 
That's probably good enough. If you sat through all of this, you qualify as a Forbes Riley team member. But I will tell you what I really love you to do. And that's why I'd like you to join me on Sunday night. I've, you know, I talk to a lot of people who are certainly as well-known as I am, more well-known, less well-known. And like, Forbes, you don't have to work so hard. I said, yeah, I know that. But I've got friends like Tony Robbins who do trainings for 12 hours a day. I've got friends like Chris Crone who does trainings for 12 hours a day. And Chris, by the way, and I've got to highlight him for a moment. I'm in his studio at the moment. You see all this? His beautiful paraphernalia that you see. What is back there? Oh, well, Chris, this funny thing, because Chris also just did a competition. And i got to tell you, came in second, but he, I just saw him and his wife, man, super shredded. I don't even know how he has the time to do it, because he just took his big old private jet and flew a group of people over to my motherland. Yeah, it turns out I'm 100% Ukrainian. Kiev and Odessa, both places my grandparents came from. Uh, I don't know if you heard there's a war going on there. I don't know many people who go into a war. Why would you want to do that? In fact, I know my brother-in-law. My brother was a New York City fireman and a survivor of 9-11. Nine of my dear friends who I went to high school with did not survive 9-11. They're all part of a, of, a, of a firehouse called Ladder 33 Engine 9. Right, it was called the, right next to the Bowery. And they got called in, and when the second building came down, they were all in the building. Uh, that was an interesting moment to go to World Trade Center Monument. And they have one giant monument for all the people who worked in the building who passed away and their names. And the one that got me was it was a woman, and they also talk about and her baby or her unborn child, and, and that just shredded me. But then around the corner is all the first responders, and there was all my friends' names engraved forever. Not a good sight. Turns out my brother-in-law, Danny, wasn't on duty that day. And he found himself driving in as it was all happening. And, uh, wow, I used to, so Danny is this New York City fireman. And I used to say in some of my speeches the difference between him and everyone else and why you should be nice to policemen and firemen and people who are responding when you need them is that when a building is burning, we all run out they all run in. So be nice to your firemen and your policemen. I'll tell you what, uh, I've had a couple of incidences where I was saved because somebody had a badge and a uniform and was willing to put his life on the line for what was going on in my world. So that's just a, a little thought about what we can do as humans to help each other. And um, so Chris says he's going to the Ukraine with a group of people and his wife to help. It's mind-blowing. I've just arrived at his studio. I haven't heard all the details of the trip, but if I can share something with you, I will, because it's a very brave, selfless. He didn't ask. I don't think he has any publicity. He doesn't probably want me talking about it, but I can't help it. I think you need to know that people like him exist and are out there to do as much good while they can on this planet, as I hope that we all are. I hope that we could take a moment. You know, if you've got kids or spouses or relatives who are not living their best life. And I mean that in every way. Their best life. How they eat. Do they move? Are they spiritual? Are they emotionally healthy? Do they take care of each other? Do they self-medicate too much? Do they drink too much? I'd look around your world and just do a little check-in. First with yourself, because I'll tell you what, it doesn't work very well. They tell you in an airplane to put your mask on first for a reason. Don't be telling your partner, oh, you know, you should stop something if you're guilty of it as well. And so a little self-inventory, self-reflection is a really, really good thing to do. But I would like to live in a world that's a little bit nicer than the one I'm in right now. You know, I grew up, I think, watching movies and TV because I wanted to escape. You can still find a couple of those, but now... You escape to a, a world where they're blowing each other up to pieces. I watched a, a TV series. I had to turn it off. I just couldn't watch all the violence. I don't know why that's appealing to people. Uh, and we see more and more of that. And then we're, oh, we're so shocked when it happens in a school or in a mall. And I'm going to come to a conclusion. I Just guys, let me know how much time I have left here. But I'm a survivor of, of two of those incidences. And I have to say every day that life happens for you, not to you, so that I can survive my own life. Remember that story about me in college? Well, I took it to heart about how diverse can you be, about how giving can you be. And I raised a little boy from South Central Los Angeles. He was part of the Big Brother, Little Brother program. 
He was a little blacker than my microphone. Hard to see his face sometimes if the light wasn't on it. His name was Dexter. I first met my little boy when he was eight years old. And we would spend the next 12 years tied at the hip. Every weekend, every vacation, everything that we could. He had a mom, but no dad. And my ex-husband and I, we raised little Dexter to be a beautiful, amazing human being. And he came to me with a whole lot of prejudices. Uh, my father-in-law was vice president of the Teamsters. Had a nice big house at the top of a hill in California. And the first time Dexter came up there with us, he was about nine years old, and he said, wow, this is where white people live. I said, no, see that family? Black, black, Asian, Puerto Rican, white. This is where rich people live. Rich is the color green, and green doesn't care what color you are, my boy. And I worked very hard to explain that to him because I didn't go up with any money at all. It didn't matter what color you were. I said, this, what represents up here, hard work, dedication, compassion, love. That's how these people are living here. Maybe a little greed. Watch out for that one. But I've met a lot of their neighbors. They're amazing people, and they run big companies. They pay lots of money and lots of payroll, and they provide a lot of things for a lot of people. So don't be so quick to judge people on the outside. That was one of a million lessons I got a chance to teach my young Dexter. And Dexter grew up to be a great boy. He had a big heart. He was, and, and his friend Matthew, I mean, Matthew still to this day, I'm his aunt. Dexter had the makings of a great kid. He was best man at my wedding. I love that boy so much. 20, sorry, 2002. I give birth to my beautiful babies. I have a boy-girl twin. Six months later, Dexter was walking from a haircut to church in his neighborhood, which, by the way, is right outside USC, which is one of the most well-endowed, richest schools in the country. USC, yeah. And he's walking from a haircut to church wearing a blue shirt. Wrong place, wrong time. Three kids who want to get into a gang. One walks up behind him and shoots my boy ten times in the back and leaves him for dead on the ground. He dies right there on Hoover Street all by himself. Hmm, right? Spent three years looking for the guy who did it. Found him. He's in jail for 52 years to life. And when I tell that story, I get sadder and sadder about the young man who's in jail because he already had two kids, two little babies from two different mamas. He didn't have a mentor like me and my husband. Or maybe you. Have you ever reached out to take care and give some love to somebody that if you don't help them might hurt you or your family? I think that's why a lot of people hurt other people. Hurt people hurt people. Think about it. People that we ignore, people that we make fun of in school, they grow up with a little chip on their shoulder. That's because they want a little revenge. They want to get back at somebody who hurt them. And I can't blame them. I blame us. Hmm. And so that was the first one. The second one, and this again, how did I end up living this amazing life? That goes from hosting the X Games and being a national talk show host, being on movies and television, helping lots of people, to this side of my story. I started this. If you go back and rewind this podcast about minute five, I said something about if you want high highs, you better be prepared for low lows. It's called the roller coaster of your ride, of your life. My mom didn't live that life. My mom, she, she experienced a train track. It went pretty straight. Didn't have a whole lot of highs. There were some nice things to celebrate. Not too bad he lows, just kind of nice. Most of you are willing to do that. I wanted more out of life. I wanted the highest highs, and I have gotten them. I've won awards. I've been in movies. I've hung out with celebrities. I've fallen in love with the love of my life. I've got great stories, and I've got terrible stories. But if life happens for you, they're not great and terrible. They're just stories. Story of my life. Remember I said I wanted to tell my mom. I want to tell the best amazing story of my life. Careful what you wish for. So, there's a guy named Grant Cardone. He's just getting to be famous about seven years ago. I have a speech scheduled with him. For some reason, he is not available. He doesn't show up. And I become going, I want to meet this guy. Who is this guy? And I'm in Vegas, and I hear that he's there with his family. And I said to my husband, I want to meet him. As soon as I said that, I Forbes'd it, because there he is at the end of a really long hallway in the Mandalay Bay Hotel. I'm like, and I walk right up to his wife. Why did I do that? Because I learned my lesson a long time ago. It's really weird if a woman walks up to a woman's husband and starts talking to him. I walked up to Miss Elena. I'd done my research. I highly recommend three words if you're writing these down. Research, strategy, and leverage. You want to understand how to monetize that? Join me on Sunday at a thing called www.pitch 
secretsmasterclass.com. If you can't remember that, just go to ForbesRiley.com. But I'll be there live teaching those principles. So I go up to this beautiful woman. I said, hey, you know, I'm Forbes Riley. I've got $2.5 billion, love infomercials. I think your husband could earn a billion dollars in an infomercial. And then I stopped talking. Yeah, I teach this. That's called a pitch. Very 60 seconds, less than that. She turns to her husband and says, hey, would you like to meet? I'd like you to meet her. That's a great introduction. I said, hi, Grant. Nice to meet you. He said, I know who you are. I said, great. I said, I work in infomercials. I think you'd be amazing like Tony Robbins and Kevin Harrington. And I think we could make you a billion dollars. He said, great. I'll meet you at my party in two days. How cool is that? You know, I teach this elevator pitch. Most of you, if you're going to meet somebody that's famous, right? You're going to get into an elevator with them and go, oh my God, I love you. You're great. I'm your biggest fan. The elevator door opens and they leave. You accomplish nothing. I teach the elevator pitch because if you're a manifester, you're going to manifest that person in an elevator. I promise you. Happened the other day to me. I went to a celebrity basketball game. I was helping to sponsor a little bit of that. And, I, and Dennis Rodman was there. And I thought, oh, well, I want a picture. I want to meet Dennis. I just want to ask him a couple of questions. Couldn't get within 50 feet of him. No, not, no, no feet. Couldn't get close to him. I said, all right, that's fine. The next morning, I'm in my hotel. I'm at the Virgin Hotel. I'm sitting in the lobby doing this show, actually. And I'm there on my little laptop. There's nobody in the, in the lobby at all. And I look up, and it's literally Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I'm like, and I didn't say anything except, oh, man, dude, part of the basketball, celebrity basketball, I helped sponsor that. Take a picture with me. Boom. Got the photo. And then I was incredibly precocious. I don't know if many of you know, but I have a fitness product that I created. It's a handheld fitness product. I've sold more than two and a half million of these things called a spin gym. And as he's walking away, I thought, oh, oh what do you want? Oh, Dennis, come here. He's like, what? I said, I want to see something cool. He said, yes. And I took out my little spin gym. It was in green. I put it on his thumbs. There's nobody to watch us, which I thought was crazy. No videos, no pictures. And he's doing my spin. He's like, how do I get one of these? I'm like, here, take this one. Take my card. And I don't know if it'll ever turn into anything. But Dennis Rodman has my spin gym. Oh, I manifested it, right? All right. So backtrack to Grant Cardone, Elena. We're at this beautiful party we get invited to at the Mandalay Bay, at the foundation room. I had a blast. He already knew who I was. There were a whole bunch of celebrities there. He made me feel like a rock star. Then he says, with my other friend, Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank, hey, do you guys want to join us? We're going to go play poker downstairs. And I thought, oh, I've hit the big leagues. I said, no, no, I want to walk out to that balcony there and take a picture my beautiful fiance, well, he's pretty much just asked me to marry him. I'd like to take a picture. So we'll see you in a little bit. Joshua and I walk out to the balcony, and we've got our little iPhones out, and we're talking in. And about a minute and a half later, we hear pop, 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 pop. And we're looking around going, where's the fireworks? It was October 1st. There were no fireworks. There was a guy 10 floors below us shooting at the... Country music concert, 46 floors below us. And the people that we saw on the ground that weren't, a lot of people were running, were dying. It's all on my iPhone. Oh my God. If you want to see that story, go to YouTube, type in Forbes Riley in Las Vegas. You'll see something you may never have seen before. I was an eyewitness to all of that. And then the SWAT guys broke into the foundation room and it got weird and horrible for the next 11 hours. We were in lockdown watching as the news unfolded, watch as they killed the guy 10 floors below us and it just got crazier. And I spent the next two weeks doing news stories and trying to recover from that. And I suffered a fair amount of PTSD and I, I'm grateful to all the people who came to help me. Because I'm just going to say at the end of this, if you are sad or something bad happens to you, don't keep it bottled up inside. There are people designed to help you one of the reasons I talk about it is that the people who helped me said it's okay to talk about it. I don't want to relive it. I do every year. I just went back this last October 1st to the reading of all the 58 people who lost their lives that day. I don't want to remember it. Joshua kind of blocks it out. But I think I'm, I'm here to talk about it. But see, I'm living a great life. And I'm the example of if bad things happen to you and you're a good person, life happens what? For you, not to you. I tell you these stories not to impress you but to impress upon you that happiness is your birthright. You've got to decide that you're worth it. I want you to get up from wherever you're listening right now, go find a mirror, look at it, and say your name. Hi, my name is Forbes Riley. Say I'm beautiful, I'm handsome, I'm special, I'm enough, I'm worthy. 
Nothing in my life defines who I am from yesterday. At this moment, I'm amazing. We call it Forbes Factor for a reason. F-O-R-B-E-S. Foundation, organization, rewiring. B is believe, E is educate, and S stands for start. This is your moment. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to listen to this podcast. You're supposed to share it with somebody who needs it. Because there's a lot of hurting people out there. You may not even know it. And as my dear friend said, you know, Forbes, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to make a huge dent in people's lives. You're going to impact lives that people you've never met. But just know that God gifted you with a voice, an ability to tell stories, and a platform like Voice America to do that. So guys, thank you very, very much. To the team who made my beautiful um, podcast happen today, they're all sitting around here watching me. I think they're a little in shock. I don't think they expected all of this today. Um, but I feel beautifully blessed. We are at Chris Crone's event here in Utah. My beautiful 20-year-old daughter, who's the CEO, CEO of my company, is in the other room. Joshua is there. I feel important. I feel loved. And I feel that all the things that I went through, I went through so you could hear them. I haven't even met you yet, have I? But I know you're out there. And I know that you should smile a little bit more. You should love on people a little bit more. You should give more than you get. Because I promise when you do that, when you give more than you get, you will get more than you ever imagined. All right, that's my story and I'm sticking to it, guys. Thank you so very much. Check out ForbesRiley.com for episodes in the future, for all the links that I shared. And I would love to see you in a training when you are ready to up-level your game and play big for real. Bye for now. If you hate going to the gym, but want to shed that extra weight, finally get a flat stomach and tight-toned arms, we have the most unique solution. And get this, it's fun and takes less than five minutes, two times a day. Developed by Fitness Hall of Fame inductee and TV health expert, Forbes Riley. The Spin Gym is the most compact, low-impact, resistance exercise ever developed. This simple handheld device provides the most unique fat-burning, metabolic-boosting workout suitable for all fitness levels. You've seen it on TV and in print with more than 2 million sold. What are you waiting for? Get your Forbes Riley Spin Gym at buyspingym.com. Order now and discover how easy and fun it can be to get in the very best shape of your life in just five minutes. Guaranteed. There's never been another product like the Forbes Riley Spin Gym. So try it risk-free for 30 days. Visit buyspingym.com today. Thank you for making the Forbes Factor an important part of your week. Be sure to join Forbes Riley again next Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll see you again soon.